it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to recap the green and white scrimmage that went down at MetLife Stadium It's more than a practice, but not that much more than a practice, but there's a lot more people there, so it's nice to see how these guys perform under the bright lights at night with a big crowd at the stadium that they're going to be playing at eight games this season. And so to talk about that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, buddy? Scott, I've got a little bit of good news for you. Um, There are 20,000 people almost tonight, so that's a great showing. Um, coming out of the pandemic, it was great to see almost the entire lower bowl at MetLife filled. Definitely between the the end zones, it was mostly filled, except for that fancy section over there on on behind the Jets bench. Um, and there also, there's going to be nine games, nine regular season games at MetLife because you uh-huh. forgot about the bonus game mm-hmm. against the Eagles. So it's even more chances for fans to get out there this year. And um, while they probably weren't thrilled with what they saw tonight. Uh, I think it's going to be really nice to have fans back. At, I mean, I know it's going to be really nice. It was great to see them there tonight. And that place is really creepy when it's empty uh, and you can hear like everything. So it, it's nice to have people back and it'll be nice to have them back on an even bigger scale here next week when they play the giants. And obviously week two 
uh, when they get the season started against the Patriots. Andy, let's talk about why the crowd probably wasn't that pleased with what they saw tonight. And the main reason is Zach Wilson. This was probably his worst practice of training camp so far. And you would ideally like that to not happen in front of the largest crowd, but unfortunately it did. Grand scheme, it's just one practice, and overall he's been pretty good in training camp, but this is not what you wanted to see. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to be super rational about this, right? Like, <laughs> no one's going to overreact to a guy uh, having a bad day on August 7th, um, a week before he's even played his first preseason snap. Um, and I'm not saying it's meaningless, but it's basically meaningless. Sam Donald looked pretty good in his training camp, and it had no bearing on his career. Um, it's not, this isn't going, this isn't like some ominous sign. This guy isn't trash every day. He had a bad day and he had it in front of a lot of people. Uh, the numbers that most guys came out with were 11 and 14, 412 yards, um, two interceptions. And it could have been a few more, to be honest. Uh, there were a couple dropped interceptions and a couple more near picks. So it, in my eyes, this was his worst practice. I had him for a couple more completions than that. I think I had him at uh, like 13 for 23 or something. But there may have been a sack in there. Um, a couple of those may have been on sacks. So it, it's very subjective at this time of year just because, you know, he's not actually getting sacked because guys aren't supposed to touch him. So uh, that's why you might see some different numbers. But Look, Zach Wilson said it himself, um, not great. That was his direct quote about, about his day. And, and he was upbeat in terms of he's excited to be able to learn from it. But there was clearly some frustration there that, that he wasn't able to turn in a good effort. And obviously, this would be one of those practices you want to turn in a good effort because 20,000 people are there to watch. So I know people don't like perspective and and, you know, not overreacting to this, but I, I've gone through covering a young, promising quarterback before, and it's just like what you have to do at this stage. It, it's this is just one tiny snippet of a, of a much bigger story. Um, take it for what it is. He had a bad practice. Let's see what he does next, um, because that's that's what matters. It, not. Some nobody's going to remember the night he had a bad practice at MetLife. Uh, if he has a good or a bad career, it, it's it's literally the week before his first preseason game. So everybody, chill. Um, it's going to be okay, or it's not. I don't. I don't know. You don't know. Um, just let's see what happens. Uh, and that's not what people probably want to hear, but it's the only way you can kind of do this. So, um, yeah, that's my take on everything. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, let's talk about the rest of the offense. What were some of the highlights and lowlights from the green and white scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball? So yeah, the first team it was it was a tough night for them, and you can take that you know one of two ways. And and I, I'm sure Jets fans are going to have some PTSD from the last couple of years, and 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 seeing three out of the first four drives for the first team offense be three and outs and then the, the the fifth drive being an interception that that probably did not make them feel so great but also the defense is looking pretty good uh the, the cornerbacks have been better than we thought in terms of 
you're not seeing huge plays all the time. Um, Wilson did have a couple of nice drives where he was able to later in practice, get the team down into the red zone. And, and then there were some problems uh, there, but he's learning. There's going to be rough days and um, let's see how he looks next week against the giants. Let's see how he looks in two weeks against the Packers. And we'll have a much clearer picture of kind of what we're dealing with going into the regular season. Um, the, the thing the jets have been talking about a lot lately is establishing the run. And it just, it wasn't as successful for them as it had been in previous practices. The biggest difference between this practice and a normal practice is that they did a lot of periods moving the ball down the field. Um, so you can kind of get a sense for results and they just weren't super successful getting enough on, on first down or, or second down when they ran the ball to, to put themselves in, in great positions. So that's, that was part of why Wilson struggled is that the defense did such a good job stopping the run that there wasn't a whole lot there for, for him because they didn't have to play the run super aggressively. Um, CJ Mosley also looked good. He had an interception. He's moving around well. So he said that, you know, being lighter, he's, he's at 231. He usually played in the 250s up until this point. Uh, obviously allows him to move around better and, and there's less wear and tear on his body. And coming off of a two-year stretch where he really didn't play football, he, he's feeling very fresh and moving around well. So we know what kind of difference maker he can be. Let's see what that looks like when they're really hitting next week against the Giants and, and we'll really get a, kind of a sense for where he's at. Also, George Fant uh, was back and practicing for the first time in training camp after being on the COVID list uh, the first week of camp. And he was in with the starters a little bit and in with the uh, the second team as well. So he was very busy in his first practice back um, and didn't seem to have any noticeable uh, errors or mistakes. He, he was rotating with Moses there. And obviously the Jets have been open about the fact that those two guys are compete, competing for the starting right tackle job. Um, other than that, most of the highlights came from the second and, and the third team, James Morgan had a touchdown pass. Uh, James Morgan, legendary green and white practice uh, participant. You might remember last year, he had quite a practice against the first team when the first team played the second team in what ended up being a, um, a, a, a real sign of things to come. The, I think the first team lost 20 to nothing. Some, some people even had it at 27 to nothing because they thought uh, Donald wouldn't have made a tackle on a potential pick six. That, that kind of ended up being foreboding. Morgan was great in that green and white scrimmage slash practice. He was also pretty good tonight with that touchdown to, to Michael Carter. Uh, and and I think Mike White had a big play. Uh, I can't remember to, who was two. I'm sorry. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, but I will say Jeff Smith had probably the best team, the best catch of the day from Wilson uh, on a long pass over the middle. We went up and got it and made a tough catch. Uh, Marcus May also had a really nice pass breakup in coverage on Ryan Griffin, a one-on-one -on -one coverage, and he was all over him. Wilson threw a really good ball, uh, like a perfectly placed deep ball, but May's coverage was too good. So that was uh, nice for Jets fans to see Marcus May uh, obviously is ready. And other than that, um, that's about it. Uh, the kicking battle, Chris Nagar had a rough night. He went one for four 
and when they had the, the kicking drills, uh, Matt Amendola had a, had a good night. He made all four of them. I, I think they're kicking from like 33, 43, 50, and 55, some, something like that. So to go four for four, nine days or eight days after you join the team in front of 20,000 people, that, that's a pretty good night. Um, and with Chris, the kicker, not so good. And it just – he was seemingly the favorite for the job. This is obviously going to tighten that competition. And, uh, you know, our annual probability of seeing a kicker who isn't on the roster four weeks before the season, being on the roster week one in Carolina, is still very much alive, I would say. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. But, yeah, those, those are the main takeaways. I know that was a lot, but off the top of my head, those are the big things I can take away from tonight's practice. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, I know that Denzel Mims had a nice catch, and there's been a lot of talk about him. He hasn't gotten a lot of run with the ones, and Rich Semini over at ESPN talked about how the Jets could potentially shop him. Is there reason to be concerned about Denzel Mims at this point? Yeah, I would say there's there's there should be mild concern. I mean, because this guy was supposed to be a guy who was a big part of the offense this year, and he's clearly behind like six or seven other guys on the depth chart at this point, no matter what the coaching staff's saying about how they rotate players. Like if you think a guy is going to play a big role in your offense, he's going to get some reps with the people who are going to play a big role in your offense. And it, that hasn't been the thing we've seen so far. So that it's notable and it would make sense if the jets really view him this way. Um, 
for him them to be shopping him because they, they're not going to cut a guy that they drafted in the second round last year. And if they don't see him as a fit here, that's going to be how he doesn't end up here anymore. Um, but I would also say that we're nine practices in the training camp and, and things can change a lot pretty quickly. So I think we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. If this continues when we're getting into the preseason game and you're not seeing Mims out there getting meaningful work with Zach Wilson in a preseason setting, then I think you should start to seriously question how they view him going forward. But until then, you know, he missed a lot of time during OTAs. Um, They could be working him back in, in that way. Uh, But it's just too early to say at this point, where this situation is at. Um, but yeah, I think there should be, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely kind of puzzling because to me, Denzel Mims looks like the same player he looked like last year. I mean, he does catch the ball well in traffic. He, he does struggle to get open with his route running and he can beat guys deep if they're not paying attention. So his skill set hasn't changed all that much. It's just there's better guys in front of him, and this offense may not be as well suited for him. So um, we'll have to see kind of what happens going forward, but I wouldn't draw any conclusions based on what we've seen from the first nine practices of training camp other than keep your eye on, on this situation moving forward. Andy, we talked about the offense before, and you threw in some defensive observations, but was there anything that we missed on that side of the ball? Not really. I mean, other than they were, they were really solid. Uh, Carl Lawson had another play where he got to Zach Wilson. He actually hit him, uh, not hard. He was pulling up, trying to stop, and just couldn't stop in time. Obviously, that's not ideal, but um, but he continues to be impressive. Um, it was just a solid overall night. Like you didn't see a lot of mistakes from that, that group. They're obviously further ahead of the offense. And that, that makes sense because if anything, Salah's defense, I mean, it's relative, it, it's relatively simple. There, there are a lot of rules that these guys have to learn, but the, these rules are designed to be relatively easy so that they can react quickly on the field. Whereas on offense, these guys are learning a completely new system that's not that simple and has a lot of moving parts. And they're, they've got a rookie quarterback who is making uh, learning that and making the adjustment of going to a completely different level of football. So there's just a lot more to get done uh, on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And obviously the defense is ahead. I, I don't know what it means moving forward. I don't know if – Jets fans should be super pumped about this defense yet because of what I just said about the offense, but there's definitely some potential for this defense to be better than people think it can be, especially once Quinn and Williams gets back and that could happen or it should happen in less than two weeks. He's supposed to be back on the field before that Packers game. And I saw him on the sideline tonight and he looks, you know, I, I always hesitate to like make, a sweeping conclusion about the the way a guy looks, you know, when you see him on the sideline, because I mean, I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but he looks like he's, he's solid 
and a little slimmer than he was the last time we saw him, but, but definitely looks like he he's strong. So um, we'll see what that means when he gets back on the field, but I would imagine getting Quinn and Williams back on the defensive line is only going to be something that helps this defensive group. And um, yeah, CJ Mosley said that he's excited about the way the linebacking room looks and that they can be pretty good this year. And obviously we've seen some, some flashes from the defensive line. So um, the secondary is a question mark. LaMarcus Joyner had a nice pass breakup and a near interception tonight. Uh, Marcus may look good. Like I said, so that those guys are, are pretty good, I think, but I will say that at slot corner, the jets have been pretty solid this training camp. And that continued tonight with Javelin Guidry uh, making a nice, interception off of Zach Wilson. It, this was Wilson's worst pick of the night. He he just forced the throw. I can't remember who it was to, but Gidry was all over it and picked it. Um, I think the Jets, the line of scrimmage was around the 24 or 5 for the offense. So you never want to see those picks um, on your own side of the field because of the field position they give the other team. And 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 that was one of the mistakes from Wilson. And, and one more thing on Wilson that I forgot to mention is uh, you know, he was very stand up about calling this practice what it is and said straight up, I just need to make better decisions. He said 90% of being a quarterback is making good decisions. Um, and for him to be aware of that is important. And let, like, let's see how he does fixing it too. But it's good. I mean, that's why this was his worst practice of training camp so far. He looked, he did not look good his first practice back. But I think a lot of that could be attributed to rust, both from, you know, not seeing live action in six weeks and not, you know, being on the field with, with his teammates in, in, a, in a week or two since they had, they had gotten together in Florida. Tonight, it was just there was some there were some bad throws and some accuracy problems, but the decision making, he forced some things. And that's that's what you can't do when it matters. And that's, that was, you know, obviously a big problem for the last quarterback who was here. So um, the fact that, that he understands and is able to recognize that, you know, five minutes after walking off the field says, you know, he knows what's going on uh, and he, and he's going to do everything he can to fix it. Um, obviously how he does with getting better at that will determine much of how his career with this team goes. So that that's both encouraging and concerning uh, at the same time. But I think it's really encouraging that he's able to recognize it immediately and, and obviously going to do everything he can to fix it. Andy, where are we with injuries? So no, nothing crazy tonight in terms of the, none of the key players left with, with an injury. Obviously, they're dealing with some stuff um, over the long term. Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker was not on the field tonight um, because of that pectoral strain that he suffered in the second padded practice of training camp. I believe it was on Tuesday. Might have even been in the first padded practice, actually. That was the first padded practice. Um, Sala said he's still day to day and wouldn't say exactly when he would be back. Um, next week is a possibility. But obviously, they're going to be very careful 
with their second first round pick. So we'll see how long that lasts for. Um, I think, you know, if he misses a preseason game, it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, if he misses two, then it starts to become a pretty big problem because you, we've seen in the past, you need the offensive line to work together as much as possible during the preseason. It does make a difference. Uh, and they need him back on the field as soon as possible. So something to watch going forward. Uh, the other stuff, Quinnen obviously should be back soon. Um, and then there's the Alex Lewis situation, which started as an injury when he left Thursday's practice with what Robert Sala classified as a head injury and then became a different issue when the Jets put him on the uh, – I, I can't remember the name of the list, but it, it's – basically a list for players who are no longer with the team under some strange circumstances. So Robert Sala was asked about that tonight and basically said uh, he wasn't going to go into detail about it, but Lewis is dealing with something that is much bigger than football um, and that he's getting that worked out. And when he was asked if there was a possibility Lewis would return to the team, he said that the line of communication is open while he's, but he needs to work through some things. So obviously I'm not going to read into that um, other than to say that Lewis is probably not someone the team can rely on, on the football field right now. I I don't know if that's the wrong thing to say. That sounds overly harsh, but it's just the reality of the situation. He's not here. So, um, they need to move forward and be prepared to, to not have him this season. And so that also makes the Elijah Vera Tucker situation, um, you know, I don't want to say more concerning, but just it's something more to watch because Lewis was the guy who was going to spell him if, if he did get injured and now he's not here. So um, as far as some housekeeping from the other injuries, uh, that we became aware of tonight. We, uh, Ronald Blair suffered a hamstring injury uh, during the practice. Not sure about the severity of that. Isaiah Dunn, I believe, was dealing with uh, a knee injury that cropped up earlier this week and didn't practice. And Teton Saltz, uh, a defensive lineman, I believe, um, he hurt his knee. So those are the, the main injury takeaways. Um, Obviously, we'll see what else happens moving forward, but um, that that's the main stuff right now. Andy, you alluded to something that Robert Salas said when he talked to the press after practice. Zach Wilson also talked to you guys, as did C.J. Mosley. What were the highlights of what these three guys had to say? It was an interesting night to see kind of how these guys all dealt with it. We talked to Sala, we talked to Zach Wilson, and we talked to CJ Mosley. Um, so I'll start with Mosley, who had the pick. He was obviously feels good about where he's at. Um, he was asked the question he's going to get asked every time until the regular season starts, which is, are you the guy you used to be? And he affirmed you know, very strongly, I am that guy. Uh, he has no doubts that he, that he can play at the level that he used to play at. Um, and he looked good tonight. Uh, we'll see what it means moving forward, but that, that's, that's an encouraging sign. 
and obviously the confidence he has is an encouraging sign. And then in terms of Zach Wilson, uh, who CJ Mosley picked off tonight, just he was asked about Wilson having kind of to handle all this. And there's obviously a lot that goes into that for a kid who just turned 22 to have this kind of spotlight on you. And Mosley said that the first thing he told Wilson when he walked into the building this year was like, we've got your back. Like all of us on defense have got your back. We know it's going to be a, a, little, a little bit of a roller coaster just because that's how it is for rookies. But but we're always here for you. We're going to have your back. And, um, you know, I'm sure that message was a good one for Wilson to hear on, on a night that was frustrating for him. As far as we, what he had to say, it was clear that he was frustrating and it, that he was frustrated and he even admitted it. Uh, but he was also talking about that this is why you have these practices because he needs to learn. And it's not week one of the regular season. It's the week before the preseason. And in, in his, his eyes, he's hoping that he can get this a lot of these mistakes out of the way now so that he's not doing that later in the, when it matters. And, and that's obviously a a good way to think about a practice like that rather than like just being angry with yourself. Um, So I, I thought clearly he wasn't happy, but he talked about it, was open about it uh, and acquitted himself well in, in that regard. Um, and like I said earlier, him identifying the uh, the biggest problem quickly is, is an encouraging sign. Um, his direct quote on that whole thing is, is um, it, it was, here, let me pull it up. He, he's still getting acclimated to everything at this level, what it feels like, what happens on the field. Um, I'm going to keep learning and getting better and doing what I can we'll be ready for week one. So clearly um, he's motivated to prove that, you know, this was just a bad practice. I guess it came in front of a lot of people, but uh, he was adamant that it wasn't because he was nervous or, or anything like that. It was just that that was just what happened tonight. Um, and then Robert Sala was, was upbeat on it. Not, not a surprise because that's just kind of who he is and, and how he handles everything. Um, he said that Wilson had a lot of good moments, but also a lot of rookie moments. And I would say um, there weren't a ton of good moments. Like when Wilson was asked specifically to point out a good moment, he he couldn't come up with one or or one that stood out. Uh, There were definitely a lot of rookie moments, but you know, it's, it's not a surprise that Salah is going to have his, his rookie quarterbacks back at at this stage and at, at every stage moving forward in this season. Um, and, he said he's he's going to take some really valuable lessons out of this and he's excited to see what Wilson learns from it um, and how he uses this to make him better. Um, he was obviously, they were obviously all excited to have the fans back there tonight. And, and even though um, the fans, you know, didn't have a ton to cheer about Salah kind of joked about something he's been joking about is like the fans feel like me on a night like tonight, like you're not sure who to cheer for because you know, everything good that happens is, is something bad that happened to the other side of the ball. So um, that, that was kind of interesting, an interesting way that, that he related to the, uh, to the fans. They also talked about how they're doing a lot more off scripts, off script stuff now. And, 
that this was like the first time that Wilson's been in a stadium environment, getting the plays called in from Mike LaFleur up in the booth. And that's also an adjustment, a first time thing for him and, and something that he had to get used to. So um, that those were the, the big takeaways from Sala. He's obviously excited about, you know, the future with Wilson and not going to make a big deal out of a practice on August 7th. Not a surprise there. So, yeah, those were the main takeaways from the press conferences tonight. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. Make sure that you're checking out everything Andy's doing over at NorthJersey.com. Follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. And take advantage of the great deal going on right now at NorthJersey.com. Get six months worth of everything behind the paywall for just 99 cents. That's not just Andy's work. That's everybody over at NorthJersey.com. And it's not 99 cents per month. It's 99 cents for six months, which works out to like 15 cents a month. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. So check it out right now at NorthJersey.com and check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Great videos up right now from Luke Grant. He's doing a ton of film breakdowns. He's got a fantastic one that he just put up on Carl Lawson, which makes sense because he's been the talk of training camp along with Elijah Moore. There's an Elijah Moore film breakdown on there as well. So check out all the videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. And go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes for the podcast if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.